Welcome to the Wild Soul Cast. I'm your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold deep conversations on spirituality, conscious leadership, feminism, creativity, and how to more meaningfully and intentionally nurture connection within ourselves and with others. Hello, dear ones, and welcome to episode four of the Wild Soulcast. I'm really excited to dive into the topic of wholeness with you today. What I teach and what I help guide women through really is coming to this deeper knowing, this deeper embodiment of their own wholeness that lies within them. So we often see this even reflected when we go to yoga class or when we see, you know, quotes on the internet that get at this concept that we are all whole, that there is nothing to fix about ourselves and that we have everything that we need inside of us to do what we are meant to do in this world. And so I very much stand behind this way of thinking about ourselves, this way of thinking about how we walk in the world, that we are all already whole and that we don't need anything else in order to complete us or to make us better or to fix us. So we see this a lot out in the world Um, these beautiful quotes, sentiments, and it's definitely something that I write about from many different angles. And I think that inevitably, like with, I think most of the things that I talk about on this podcast, it's one thing to intellectually understand wholeness and to intellectually agree with wholeness. And it's another thing to actually embody wholeness within our everyday life, within how we lead our business, how we lead our personal relationships, right? And so what we're going to be diving into on the podcast today is looking at how do we truly embody wholeness and what does that actually mean? We're definitely going to talk about surface level what that means, but I'm going to talk about a way that I actually view wholeness and how I approach this work with my clients and how I understand my clients in hopes that this is also going to help you conceptualize it differently and is going to help you start to approach integrating all of your different parts as a way to truly embody and own your wholeness. The first time that I was introduced to this concept was in around 2005, I believe. And that is when I took my first yoga class. And one of the things that I heard at the very end of the class, which I think is fairly typical for um, all of us to hear at the end of a class is the divine in me honors the divine in you. Right. And so this piece about there's divinity within you and there is divinity within me, and you are a reflection of me, 
and you are a reflection of the divinity that rests in me. And so it didn't mean anything in particular to me back then because I wasn't really defining myself as very spiritual or really thinking about my spirituality very much. But the more that I practiced yoga and the more that I got into my body, the more I started to really get a sense of what it truly meant to feel divine, to feel the divine within me and to see that reflected. And it was a big deal. You know, it was for someone that lived in their head and that really had a strong inner critic and someone who was very much in her thinking brain. And through this process, I was really able to touch a part of myself that I wasn't able to intellectually access, but that I was able to feel within that space was a pretty big move for me at that point in my life. And because I related so much to nature, to what I see as Shakti now, Shakti energy, the Shakti vibration, I really started to see how my soul was being reflected within everything that I was seeing in nature. And as, as I was just starting to step into my sense of the spiritual self within me, I could make a very intuitive correlation between the magic of nature and then the magic of what I knew was inside of me. Even if I couldn't truly fully express it yet or embody it fully. So this piece about really experiencing your own divinity, experiencing yourself as this Shakti vibration, as this beautiful reflection of everything that you see around you, that subtle energy is such a beautiful way to just start really connecting more with the intangible things that we cannot see, but that we experience every single day. The things that we cannot rationally explain, but that we feel deeply within us. And so that was really my gateway into starting to understand this concept of wholeness and that it was truly a reflection of where we come from, of where our soul comes from, and that we are all made of star particles and that that energy always vibrates within us. And we have to tap into that energy in order to truly be all of who we are and embody all of who we are as we walk in the world. And now we arrive at the point where I think most people struggle the most. And this is where I struggled the most and where I see my clients struggling the most is that we can experience this divinity within us. We can experience this wildness, right? Our wild soul within our being. And we can touch her and sense her at different moments in our life. However, the struggle is how to truly integrate her and how to really walk as her through every facet of your life and within your relationships and in your business. And so it was really a matter of how do I truly feel whole and 
know this deep in my bones and not just know it at times when I'm feeling good or not just know it at times when I'm in yoga class or when I'm meditating, right? How do I take the next step and truly embody this wholeness in every facet of my life from the work that I've done both within myself and the work that I've done with clients really learning how to embody your wholeness is the greatest personal development journey you will ever take because when you finally get to the point where you can embody your wholeness and really live that way and lead that way in your life and your business and your career and your relationships The stories that were once stories that kept you stuck, stories that kept you small, that kept you feeling like you're not enough, are no longer going to be an obstruction for you. Now, they won't go away because our stories still play out in the background as we rise into different levels of leadership. However, you're going to know how to fit the puzzle pieces so that the stories don't prevent you from taking the action steps that you know are aligned with your soul, that you know are aligned with your vision. So your wildness is going to be the one that's driving the bus versus parts of your ego that aren't necessarily being true to what's deep within your soul, what's deep within you. So this journey to wholeness, this journey of really embodying and standing in your wholeness is one that will serve you in every domain of your life. And, you know, when we talk about if you're a a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, or, you know, if you are someone who has a career or you're just looking to improve your life in different ways, this will serve you at each level of whatever you're trying to achieve, of wherever you're trying to go. Because wholeness isn't about patching up a hole that's within you. It's about recognizing that there isn't a hole at all, that the whole is actually an illusion that's being created by your ego, and that the appearance of this hole within whatever the ego is reflecting to you is actually a space for you to dive deeper into. And when you do dive into this perceived hole within you, then the other parts of you start to fall into place and you start to actually really embody that wholeness. So when we think that we are somehow flawed, that we are somehow wrong at our core, or that we have to fix something within us, it's usually because that is what our ego is reflecting to us. That is what the ego is judging upon us. And so the more that we can dive into that hole and explore it, explore what the ego is telling us about and confront it instead of run away from it, the more that we can actually integrate ourselves and recognize that The whole is not actually a whole, but that it fits in some way with another part of us. And once we actually learn how to accept that part, 
that's when we start to integrate. That's when we start to embody wholeness. Before I get into talking about how we start this integration and how we arrive at this embodiment and what that actually means, I want to talk about what some of the manifestations of us not truly embodying wholeness in our life look like. Because you're going to experience layers when it comes to going on this journey. And sometimes I call them false summits or false peaks. I always think about it as if I'm hiking a 14er. If you've ever hiked a 14er, there are usually multiple points along the route where you see this destination in front of you. It looks like the top of the mountain. And then you get there and you realize you have more to go. And 14ers are actually a great exercise in just being able to kind of flow with the fact that there is no real destination, that you are always climbing little by little, and it's best to focus on each step rather than anticipating the destination. (laughs) But, you know, with this journey into wholeness, it's important to know that it is always a journey that will forever continue, meaning you're not going to get to this place where you're feeling whole all the time because you're a human, because our egos play a role in our life. And when the ego is involved, we are always going to be working on peeling back layers in order to ascend to new levels. So just like with anything else, there is no specific arrival point. But what I would say is that you will reach a space within you where you have the power of true discernment between when the ego is taking over control versus when your wildness is driving the bus. And you will be able to you'll be able to accept yourself so fully that you will show up even when the going gets tough. So even when you perceive yourself to be at your worst, you'll still be able to recognize the divinity within yourself, the wholeness within yourself, and not get caught up in the dialogue of the inner critic or whatever part of your ego is showing up that day. So it's more that you're going to be able to be in this observation role. You're going to feel it, right? You're not going to be detached from it, but you're still going to be able to see the beauty of the mess that is being a human in this world. And when you're able to see the beauty within it, even if you're in pain, even if things are going horribly in life, you're going to have a different kind of relationship with yourself. You're not going to be allowing the inner critic to drive everything for you and tell you that you suck and that you're not worthy and that you're failing again. Your baseline is going to be different, meaning your default is not going to be being really hard on yourself, throwing everything at yourself to fix what you're feeling, right? 
You're not going to resort to alcohol or drugs or avoidance in order to just get away from everything that you're experiencing, but you're going to be able to stand there and witness yourself completely. You're going to be able to stand there and accept yourself in the mess of what is happening within you, of what is happening around you. And you might not like it. It might be really painful because that is part of what comes with life. And you're going to know that you're going to be fine, that you're going to make it out, that you're going to integrate this and that you are good, that you are whole, that you are okay, that you are supported, that you are provided for and that this sucks and you're going to be able to hold yourself that you're going to be able to love yourself through it. Wholeness is actually wildness because it's a coming home to yourself. It's a coming home to who you truly are and feeling really grounded and powerful in that space. Because when we don't have that relationship, that embodiment of wholeness, What ends up happening is we tend to look outside of ourselves for answers and we try to fix things inside of ourselves by throwing different solutions at it rather than learning how to truly sit within our experience and wait for the answers to come, wait for them to be illuminated. And on some level, we all fall into this trap, right? depending where we are in our journey, to some extent, we do all of these things because as human beings, we do avoid. And it's about looking at how much of the time do you do these things? How much of the time do you feel like you have to look outside of yourself to get the answers that you have to rely on others to tell you what's true for you? Do you often feel like what you are experiencing, what emotions you're having are wrong in some way, that they're somehow invalid or not good enough or not rational enough, that there's something skewed in how you are experiencing something around you, right? How often do you distract yourself with things like exercise or food or drinking wine or using drugs. There's lots of different ways that we avoid, right? So it's really asking yourself, what are the ways that I avoid and how much of the time am I avoiding something within myself? In small components, most of these things are not bad. And we do need some time to, you know, enjoy and watch some TV, right? But it's about understanding what the energy behind it is, right? Am I watching TV and drinking wine for just pure enjoyment because I really love just the taste of it or I love this show? Or am I doing it because something feels uncomfortable for me? Am I doing it to avoid something within myself? And usually the way that you can tell when it's getting into that territory is if you're doing something so habitually that you're not even noticing how much of your day or how much of your emotional space it is actually taking up. Another way to look at your avoidance habits is to really ask yourself, 
when I have a bad day or when something that's stressful is happening, what do I typically do? And how often do I reach for that thing? And is it helping me process my emotions or is it numbing me to my emotional experience? Because that's a really important thing to ask yourself. Like exercise, for instance, can be really great for stress relief, but it can also get to a point where we just exercise not to feel something. It's really about looking at the intention behind what you do when you are distressed and then acknowledging how you feel within that space. And if that is actually helping you confront what's going on and helping you process what's going on, or if it's helping you avoid the situation and helping you bypass what you're feeling and experiencing. And most of the time when we're running away from something, it's not super obvious necessarily to our conscious mind. Eventually, it will get to the point where it becomes super obvious when it becomes a real problem. However, when we initially start avoiding something, we're going to use something that feels comfortable to us as a coping mechanism in order to avoid it. And if we don't actually kind of monitor how that coping mechanism is playing out in our life, we will get to the point where that avoidance starts to harm us or hurt us in some way for the long term. So it's never about like saying you shouldn't drink or you shouldn't watch TV or you shouldn't do this kind of exercise or whatever it is. It's more about understanding how does avoidance manifest for me in my life? What are the things I typically use for avoidance? And how much of the time do I use these things to avoid the stuff that's happening in my life, right? So none of this is bad necessarily, depending how it's manifesting for you, but it's more about just learning what is your language of avoidance and how can I break that pattern when it seems to be becoming too much of a habit or something that is really feeding into my ego's desire to just avoid the hard things that are showing up. So as you come back to embodying wholeness, then it's this sense of really being in and of what truly feels good for you and also being in and experiencing all of the facets of yourself that life is bringing to the surface And really being willing, and that I think is a key, is the willingness to witness yourself in all of those spaces, to witness yourself in the pain and in the joy, because you know and you feel at an intrinsic level that both of those extremes are just part of the experience of life and that both of those things are needed in order for you to grow in the direction that you are meant to grow. And so you might know this to be true, but do you feel it to be true? Because there is a difference. Now let's shift into talking about really how this integration and this embodiment of wholeness really happens and how you can conceptualize it and understand it in your mind. And this is really how I've visualized it. I'm a very visual person, so... I love to understand things in metaphors. 
I think of our wholeness as a puzzle box. So each puzzle box is basically a representation of all of who we are. And there are all these puzzle pieces in this box that once they fit together in a certain way, reflect back the entire picture of who you are. And sometimes the puzzle pieces come loose throughout different periods in our life. And then we work to put them back together again. And so really each piece of you is a separate puzzle piece. And being able to look at each puzzle piece and really see how it integrates with the whole. So it's about having willingness to really look and witness each puzzle piece and being willing to understand and accept that it fits in with you in some way, whether you like that puzzle piece or not. The first step in this entire process, if we were to look at you, at myself as a puzzle box, is the acknowledgement that we all have different puzzle pieces. In other words, we're more dynamic than just one voice inside of our head. And it's so easy as human beings for us to get caught up in the dialogue within our head as a singular I voice. So what I mean when I say that is we really fuse and attach with that voice that shows up in our mind as the ultimate truth, as the only truth. And we often really don't step away from that voice to witness what pattern is actually playing out, what voice is actually speaking to us in any given moment. Because we are so dynamic, because we have layers and we're complex, there are many different parts of us that show up in different moments in our life. And so we first need to have the awareness of what part of us is coming up in this moment. It could definitely be a hurt from the past. It could definitely be like an emotion, like anxiety. And like, we're really actually speaking from the emotion rather than from ourselves. It could be the inner critic who is kind of this character within us that tells us that what we do is wrong, that what we do isn't good enough, that we are not good enough, that criticizes how we are, what we do in the world, right? And so there are all these different facets of our ego, the different facets of who we are that appear like characters in our life. And that send us different messages about who we are or what we're doing or how we perceive a certain situation. And all of these parts of us, all of these puzzle pieces are very individual to who we are as an individual, to how we've grown up, to where we've grown up, to what messages we've received. And in a lot of ways, they're also very universal because many of us have some of the same messages that we've received just in a different way with different experiences. The level of awareness that we're really looking for within this space as you're recognizing all of these different parts that play into who you are is that it's a curiosity first and foremost, so not a judgment, that we are becoming curious, we're observing, we're trying to understand and get to know those different parts. And it's also more than just 
awareness that we are fusing with a thought, right? Because I've definitely taught that quite a bit when I was a therapist. I was really teaching clients how to just observe that they were fusing with a certain thought or a certain reality. But this takes it a step farther because you're not just observing that you're fused with a certain story in your mind. You are also bringing awareness to the energy and the nature of where that story comes from. And the more that you can get particular with understanding what part of you is showing up in any given situation, the more that you can actually start to give voice to that part. Usually part of what's playing out, at least in the background, is that different parts of you are not feeling like they're being heard. And often those parts actually feel like they're not getting through to you because the same pattern keeps on replaying over and over again. So knowing the function of the part, knowing where the part came from, and really being able to see the part and interact with the part and become curious about the part instead of rejecting it or turning away from it or running away from it is really crucial to you starting to shift the relationship of that part within you and is also really crucial for you to start energetically releasing the stories that have kept you stuck for so long. The parts of you that show up are there for a reason. They're not just nagging stories that you know, are keeping you away from living in your truth. Certainly on some level, that is what's happening. And that's why we're addressing it. And they're showing up for you a reason, for a reason because they are the gateway. They are the shadow gateway into reclaiming yourself at a deeper level so you can fully show up in who you are through the inner work that you're doing, through the pains that you're working through. That's how you get there. That is how you raise to another level of embodiment and to another level of leadership. So whatever the stories are, whatever those parts are, they're really the key for you to understand um, how to get to the next level of your leadership. The only way you get there is through. You can't bypass them. So this is really one of the core components of the work is that you recognize what the puzzle pieces are and you bring awareness to what the parts are so that then you know how to actually put them together again. Because otherwise you are you are trying to put together something that you can't even see, right? And that isn't realistic. If we don't bring awareness to witness and see the parts, how can we ever bring ourselves to a sense of wholeness from that? So the first part is the witnessing, the bringing awareness. And then the second part is really understanding how all the parts go together, where they go together, how they move together in order to form the whole, right? And that's part of putting together a puzzle. You want to find what ridges match with what other ridges so that they form the full picture. And really this part is about integrating the parts. So the puzzle pieces come together when you learn to accept a part, when you learn to fully claim a part into your experience. 
And what often happens between this first and second step is that when people bring awareness to the part, they might not like what they see. And there are certain parts that are more visible to them than other parts. And I want to give you a really concrete example of this. So a part of you that you might struggle with, for instance, might be anxiety. And anxiety can really truly feel horrible when you have it because it feels very out of control. And anxiety can be very much like something that you push away and that you want to ignore but anxiety tends to be pretty visceral for folks. So when you have something like anxiety, even though it feels uncomfortable, you've had it for so long and it's been a part of your everyday reality that there is a certain comfort level associated with looking at anxiety, right? Because you experience it every day and it might not be a comfortable feeling and there might be some unpredictable pieces that come out of anxiety. But because your body is attuned or used to that anxious feeling, there is some comfort within taking a closer look at anxiety. But then there are other parts of us that perhaps are a lot harder for us to look at and that perhaps we ignore even more than some of those, what I call like more approachable, uncomfortable parts. And the parts of us that might be really uncomfortable for us to look at and that we push underneath the surface and that we maybe don't even like about ourselves could be feelings of shame about something we did or who we are. It could be guilt. It could be fear um, because fear can be really hard for people to look at. So there are all of these parts of us that actually might be really challenging for us to look at. It's like we might have a very cursory awareness that they are there, but there's this unconscious hesitation to truly look at them, to truly go there. And so the acceptance often has to happen with the parts of us that we resist the most, that we have the most contentious relationship with, that we actually don't want to look at, that we don't sometimes even want to admit are there. And so this is where shadow work really comes in, where we do a lot of unconscious digging to see where the places are that you avoid to um, run away from bad feelings. Like what is it, what is it that you are running away from? What feeling is really feeling stuck for you that makes you cry, that evokes an emotional response, but that you run away from time and time again, because it's really hard to sit with. So really the integration part is identifying not just the parts that are kind of surface level easy to identify because they're a part of your conscious experience, but also identifying the parts that are lurking in the unconscious realm that are usually the key um, to a much deeper level of unraveling and a much deeper level of transformation. And those are the parts that we tend to avoid through the things that I mentioned before in the podcast, like watching TV or um, drinking wine or whatever it is that you do to avoid. Once you start to identify those parts, once you start to bring some of those unconscious pieces to the conscious realm, then you have to learn how to accept them. And that is what actually helps to create the integration. And integration can happen through unconscious means, meaning energy work, um, breath work, releasing, 
But it also really happens and usually has to happen within the conscious realm where you are consciously really allowing yourself to witness that part and interact with that part and work through your stuff with that part. And I also want to speak about what acceptance means because acceptance doesn't mean that you're in love with that part or that you even like that part. It's more about acknowledging that that part of you has shaped you in some way. And despite the negative things that that part has, you know, contributed in your life, ways that that part maybe has really sabotaged you in your life, that that part was born for a reason and that that part is there to teach you a deeper lesson, to give you a deeper experience of yourself. And so it's really acceptance from this reckoning within you and this deeper love for yourself and for who you are becoming and for who you are stepping into. And so when you can accept that part, look at that part and be with that part is really when the integration starts to happen, when the puzzle pieces start to click together, and when you start to see the entire picture. And once you start to integrate at one level of your leadership and a picture starts to form, the picture of the totality of you, right? This is where the false summit then can happen, is that you reach a level of integration and then something shifts in your life, something changes, which it inevitably will, because once you start to integrate new desires, new ways of wanting to be in your life are going to start to show up, are going to start to become unveiled because they're meant to, right? It's like whenever you rise to a certain level of leadership, another part of you gets unlocked, another vision gets unlocked a higher level of becoming gets unlocked. And so as soon as you integrate, there's going to be other things rising to the surface and they're beautiful new possibilities, beautiful new goals that you have, right? And so you start the process again, but from a different foundation, right? The bar has risen you have risen and you are starting from the foundation of, I know my parts. I know which parts show up for me. I know what I need to do in order to make them click. And there are going to be things that are going to be triggering for me within this process where these parts are going to rear their heads and I'm going to know how to talk to them. I'm going to know how to be with them so that my next level integration happens much quicker, much more seamlessly, not necessarily painlessly and very rarely painlessly. And yet you're going to know how to facilitate that next level, that next level of you, that next level of leadership. So as we go throughout our lives, as we rise in our leadership, if we are continually really pushing ourselves for growth and pushing ourselves into spaces of fear that we have so we can grow more and more, you're going to witness all of these levels of integration throughout your life. And this is where the false summit piece comes in, is that there's going to be a peak and then you're going to go into another valley in order to reach another peak. 
And that is what true embodied leadership is all about. That is what true growth is all about. That is what it means to live on your edges. And each time the integration happens, a different picture of who you are appears on that finished puzzle piece in front of you. And that is a beautiful thing because you get to witness yourself pushing out of the cocoon and rising into the embodiment of the butterfly that you know that you are in your core. And so this is what the work of wholeness is all about. It's about sitting with all of you, getting curious about the parts of you that you don't like, getting curious about all the different parts of you, and then really being able to accept all those different parts, being able to hold all the different parts, and being able to walk forward in your life, holding hands with your parts, and looking towards the future from that space. Some of this may sound daunting in a lot of ways, or like, wow, how many parts do I have? And this is pretty intricate, and this is pretty overwhelming. And, you know, for sure, I think that you can get into a space of looking at all of the different parts that you have and get into the space of being overwhelmed. But when you allow yourself to just be in the moment of what's coming up for you right now and being able to witness what part of you is showing up right now, you actually learn all of this pretty seamlessly as you walk through each one of these journeys with each one of your parts. So it doesn't have to be hard. It can be easeful as much as, you know, having human experience and experiencing pain can be easeful. There is a space to say that we can have pain, but we don't need to have suffering. And I think when we get to the core of what wholeness is really about, it's really learning how to flow with our human self and be rooted in our human self while still reaching for the spiritual self that is within us, that lives within us, that breathes within us, that gives us inspiration every single day. And so wholeness is about integration of that human self with the divine self that is both of the stars of the cosmos that is also housed inside of your physical body. And I also have to say that, you know, I work with a lot of women who've done a lot of personal development work, who have done a lot of therapy, who've done a lot of coaching, a lot of work on their own. And a key component to this is not just knowing these things, but it's actually feeling them. So the acceptance has to be something that is felt. You walking with the parts has to very much be a felt partnership rather than something that you are doing because you were told that this is supposed to work, right? And I know that there are so many of us who really live in our mind, who really have a lot of energy up in the upper part of our body. And one of the keys to this practice is learning how to let everything that you're experiencing with these parts, 
to let it really land in your body as you do this work. And so this is a key component of any type of work that I do is it, we really have to integrate the body. And one of my favorite ways of integrating the body is to access the parts through the body. So the way that you are actually bringing awareness to and witnessing this, these parts is by knowing where they energetically live in the body. And so for all of you women who are thinkers, who can rationalize your way and talk your way into and out of everything, but you have trouble really letting it drop into your body, that is the way to start working with your parts in any given moment is for you to just ask yourself, what's showing up for me now? Where is this in my body? What is going on? And allowing yourself to explore that through the body, allowing yourself to sit with it from that space. And then you'll start to be able to play around with the energy that's showing up there. And you're going to be able to start to really feel into who that part is within your own experience. And you're going to be able to feel into how that part in your relationship with it starts to change as you dialogue with it, as you sit with it. So don't forget the embodiment part and the embodied part of what comes with, you know, being a true leader in your life and in your business. So that is what I had for you today. And I hope that you've enjoyed having this discourse on what it means to be whole and how to really practice wholeness within our life. And certainly, if you have any questions about this, because I know a lot of questions can arise, you can always contact me through my website on the contact page. And I would love to talk to you about this stuff because I love it and I love working with women who want to dig deep into this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And if you are inspired, if you love what you are hearing, please do leave us a review and let us know that you love the podcast and also share with anyone who you think might benefit from what I'm talking about. Until next week, dear ones, I hope you have a beautiful week ahead and I will see you on the next podcast.